Good morning, everybody. I want to give you a hand for being here today in this rain and the storm. So proud of you. So proud of you. I, some of y'all probably saw this on Facebook a few weeks ago. It says it takes 90 gallons of water to baptize someone and one drop of rain to keep them out of church. That's funny right there. It's kind of true, though. So anyway, so we're so glad that you're here this morning. And this is a special time, and uh, we just want to take a minute to honor some folks today. And we want Haley Sarantino to come up here. Come on, Haley. Come on, Haley. Come up here. Now, uh, how many, no, I'm going to ask that question, but a lot of y'all do not know Haley because she's a quiet, reserved individual. She's the brain. She's very, very smart. But she is a servant. This girl loves to serve. And she has this huge heart. And um, so if you don't know her, you should probably get to know her. Now, you probably have to kind of, hey, I want to get to know you. But she's an amazing girl. And she graduated from high school. And uh, so we want to give her a little gift today. And just say, hey, why don't we just stand and applaud for her? Cause she, this is a milestone. This is a big deal. So proud of you. So proud of you. And uh, we have a little gift for you, and we love you. And thank you for serving God and serving this house. We love you. It's wonderful, wonderful. And then, Abby, I want you to come. Now, Abby, Abby's a part of our house, but she's not. She goes to the mission church, but she comes and serves with us and partners with us. And she, we, have, we just love her heart to serve as well. And so we have a little gift for her. We want to celebrate her today. Big milestone. Once you stay and give her a hand. Come on. Love her. Love her. Love her. Uh, Heather's in Costa Rica, and Abby's filling in for a few Sundays. And today is her actual graduation, and she's still, her, still here serving. Don't you love that heart? Don't you love that heart? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, how many was here last Sunday for Mother's Day? Best Mother's Day message ever. And uh, it's been rocking my world. And uh, I love my mother-in-law. She's amazing. And uh, I I just, so it was so good that I I, I told somebody, how do you follow that? Now, I don't say that often. I'm pretty confident. But it was so good, and I thought, you know what, I want to dig a little deeper in where she started taking us. We actually was going to have Thrive as going to be our theme for Mother's Day, and I felt so like it was such a launching for us to get a little deeper into what God was trying to say about our lives that I thought, hey, I'm going to take this to the next step. So uh, we're going to be doing Thrive over the next couple of weeks. Who knows, we might do it all summer long because there's so much in this, so much in this. It's just beautiful, beautiful, and the message was just incredible. And uh, I want to honor her again and thank her for uh, doing that. I really appreciate it. How many believe that God has created us for something super amazing? Come on, super amazing. Um, Is Kenyon in here? Kenyon, where's he at? Just go tell him to come here real quick. I I believe that God has just created us. And I, I want you to think about this. So oftentimes we don't really see... When we look in the mirror, we don't really see what, see what God sees. 
We don't see the goodness of God in our life. We don't see the greatness of God in our life. We don't see the things that God sees because there's so much around us telling us otherwise. So much telling us otherwise. Hurry, Kenyon. Run, Kenyon. You're not running. Come on. I know you're old, but come on up here. Come on. Come on. Kenyon. I'm going to talk about greatness today, and I think you're great. So uh, I didn't tell him I was doing this. Uh, uh, he's got a different shirt on because he's been out serving in the rain. He had to change clothes. But um, when we think about the greatness of God, a few years ago, this guy walked into our house. Um, and show us how your, your posture when you came. Yeah, that was his posture. And I would talk to him, and he'd be looking at the floor, and I'd say, Kenyon. Stop looking at the floor. Look up. God's created you for greatness. You're a powerful individual. I don't know anybody in this house that serves like Kenyon serves. Nobody. He serves. So you, you show up on Sunday morning and all of this stuff is done. All of these things happen. Mother's Day morning, he was here uh, doing a lot on his own by himself. Uh, and, and he was just getting the job done. He was just getting the job done. Now, you say, well, Pastor, I'm not only just bragging him for serving. I'm bragging because God has transformed his life. I'm bragging on God. Because God, God loves us. God loves us. And sometimes we don't see what God sees about us until we, are, until we start doing what God has called us to do. Is anybody here this morning? But I do want to say thanks to Kenyon for all he does because when you get here on Sunday morning, all the, a lot of stuff's done because of him and his team that work hard and diligently to get it done. But I love his heart why he does it. I love his heart. His heart is the desire is to see a smile on your face on Sunday mornings, to have, a, have, have you uh, uh, come to church and, 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 and be blessed. And I love that heart, and I want to give him a hand this morning. Come on, let's give Kenyon a big hand this morning. So God has created us to thrive and not survive. I talk to people all the time. I say, hey, how are you doing? I'm surviving. That is not what God created you to do. He didn't create you to survive. God created you to thrive. He created you to be the head, not the tail. He created you to be blessed and, and go beyond and not live in this beneath place. And I'm going to say this because I want everybody to understand this. To live in this beneath place is false humility. Not to know who God has created you to be and, and live this, this, oh, I'm just, down, you know, I'm just living this humble life. No, no, you're depressed. You, you don't believe in who God's created you to be. You believe the lies of the world. God's created you not to live in survival mode. He's created you to thrive, to overcome to live in blessing, to live in peace, to live in hope, and all of those things that, that, that fulfill our hearts. And, and so oftentimes it seems that people are in a survival mode and they're just trying to make it through the day without uh, uh, coming apart at the seams. Now, everybody has a bad day. How many has ever had a bad day in your life? Come on. All right. Well, that's awesome. Only a third of y'all has had a bad day. 
See, we don't even need to preach this message because the rest of y'all have never had a bad day. Let's do this one more time. And so I I should just give the altar call for those who are not telling the truth. But how many's ever had a bad day in your life? Come on. You know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with having a bad day. We all have bad days. We all have days that, like, oh, this is a bad day. This is not the best day of my life. I got a, a bad report, or I got this happening. And it affects us, and it's having a bad day. But God has not called us to have a bad life. You can have a bad day with not having a bad life. Because on a bad day, we have to do the same thing we have to do on a good day. We have to turn our attention toward the Lord and say, everything you created me to, to be, I choose to be. And I'm not going to let my bad day determine who I am. Are you with me this morning? So it's important that we understand that God has called us to, to thrive. And so in Proverbs 13, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. A hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. You know, the, the delay of what we anxiously hope for is, is very painful to the mind. I want to I just stop right there for just a minute. There's only one thing the enemy can do to you, and that's mess with your head. Because if he could kill you, you'd be dead. If he could destroy you, you'd be out of here. So the only thing he could do is send you a lie and hope that you believe it. And he's constantly sending us a lie through different methods or different ways, hoping that we'll believe what we're, believe him and not believe in who we are. He only, that's the only thing that he has. He has no power over us. He has no authority over us. He has no uh, ability to destroy us, or he would. So he just continues to send these negative thoughts, and sometimes he takes a delayed hope, and then he capitalizes on it. I want to help you today, because if you have hope in something, and it may be delayed, don't lose sight of who gave you the promise. You know, God doesn't always work in our time. I wish he did. I I, I was thinking, I think of this oftentimes, I think about things that I I, I thought would come to pass or things that would happen or situations that would, I felt would I be different at this point along in my life. At 55 years old, this would be different or that would be different and why didn't this happen, why didn't that happen? But I go back to the promises of God and what God promised, he will finish, he will fulfill, he will complete that to its end. But we have to be patient in that time of waiting without losing sight of who we are. Are you with me this morning? Because when the moment we lose sight of who we are, then we start trying to defer or trying to go to something that, and, and do something to fulfill this, this longing or this, this place in our life that we're waiting on to come to fruition. But, but when we obtain what we've been promised, it is very pleasant. It's very hopeful. And it's God's good pleasure for us that we live in peace so that we may prosper and be blessed. Now, I'm not talking about the name and claim it prosperity message. I'm not talking about that. Although I do believe that we decree like we do every Sunday and we claim it and we speak it, then God wants to give it if it's according to his will. So I'm not blasting all the name and claim it. I'm just simply saying I'm not talking about prosper, meaning what we see the world look like in prospering. Because whatever God has plans for his life, our life, that's what we want to prosper in. That's what we want to, uh, to, to come to fruition. Not our plans. The Bible says the plans of man are many, but the plans of God 
That's what we're looking for, the plans of God. Hello. So, I mean, Michelle kind of teed this up well today. What is the plan of God for our life? Have we stopped long enough to know what his plan is? Are we just like, you know, going about life so busy, so fast, like a rat race of life and trying to get it all done that we don't have time to stop and hear God's plan for our life and therefore we stay frustrated, aggravated, um, weighed down with the cares of life. So we're powerful people. We're powerful people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're powerful. Oh, y'all didn't, y'all didn't, y'all just, y'all like, oh, he said say that, so I'm saying it. I want you to say it with some conviction in your heart. I want you to tell that person next to you, you are powerful. Why do I know that you're powerful? Because God doesn't create any junk. He didn't go down the road and say, oh, well, you know, Salty, you're powerful, but Angela, you're just all right. You're just average. Michelle, you're great, but Audrey, you'll do in a crunch. That's not how God operates. God created every single person powerful. He created you for purpose. And oftentimes, the scripture tells us, don't measure yourself among yourself. Because when we start measuring ourselves, that's when we get in trouble. Because then we start looking at things like, oh, that person's powerful, but I'm not that powerful. Not understanding who God created us to be and what we're doing is powerful. And I don't have to be that to be powerful. Oh, that's better than you said amen. That's so good. And that he gives us this ability to thrive and and, and gives us this ability to grow and to come to the fulfilled purpose of his plan in our life and so that we reach our fullest potential. In Romans 8 and 5, it says this. For those who live according to the flesh, and then I want you to read this next few words with me, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Now, Mimi talked about this a little bit last week. That's my mother-in-law that I was speaking of when she spoke last week. She talked about, uh, I don't know, you said a psychologist, I believe, talked about how we think the negative thoughts and positive thoughts. Um, but I, 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 uh, <clears throat> Angela was reading the other night, and she came across this, and, uh, and she shared it with me. That neuroscience shows that a 50-year-old can have the brain of a 25-year-old if they sit quietly and do nothing for 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. How many of you waste way more than 15 minutes a day on social media? We're not going to talk about how much you waste. We're just going to talk about 15 minutes. How much you waste on 15 minutes a day on worrying, stressing out, trying to figure it out? I'll let that just sit in a minute. But 15 minutes a day to change our lives. You say, Pastor, I don't have 15 minutes a day to do that. You don't have... 15 minutes a day not to do that. But I want to take this a little deeper into Scripture. To set our minds every day on the things above by starting our day with 15 minutes of the Word. Just take 15 minutes. 
A few years ago, it's been 10 years ago, I was preaching. I said, I want everybody this year, at the beginning of the year, I want you to spend five minutes a day in the Word. Five minutes a day praying. And somebody came to me after church, and, and they were all upset with me. And they said, Pastor, five, you just asked the church to spend, that's ridiculous. They should be spending hours a day in prayer and fasting. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If we, we often talk about, oh, if you pray, I had a, a, I heard a, a pastor at a, a conference one time said, if you don't pray three hours a day, you know, basically you're going to hell. I mean, he didn't actually say that, but that's what it felt like he was saying. Well, look, I, I mean, some days I don't have three hours to pray. Do you? Do you? Do you have three hours sometimes someday? Sometimes I don't have three hours in a day to pray. But everybody's got 15 minutes. Everybody's got 15 minutes. So if we set our day, are y'all with me this morning, everybody paying attention? If we set our day with 15 minutes in the Word, 15 minutes in the Word, 15 minutes, 15 minutes in meditation on the Word, and then 15 minutes in thanksgiving and praise. And now, you don't have to do it in that order. You could do 15 minutes in thanksgiving praise, 15 minutes in the Word, 15 minutes of meditation, or you can do 15 minutes of meditation, however you want to do it. But just take, that, take those, those, those things and just take 15 minutes. Now you said, that's pastor. Now you went from 15 to 45. But here's what I know. I know if you give 15 minutes of the Word and you give 15 minutes of, of meditation and you give 15 minutes of praise, you won't even know it's been 45 minutes. That'll go by just like that. The other morning, my wife woke me up when she got ready to go to work at 5 in the morning. And uh, she woke me up, so I lay there in the bed trying to go back to sleep, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I picked my phone up, and I got on Facebook, and I started watching videos. Boom, watching video, watching another video, watching, laughing. I was entertained. I was laughing. You ever watch some of these crazy people? what they do with these police when they stop. I mean, people are crazy. It's just hilarious. I think it's people, people are crazy. I'm watching those crazy videos. I love Steve Harvey. How many like Steve Harvey? I was watching Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Just, I, I mean, he gives some good advice. I was watching Steve Harvey. I'm going to give you some of that in just a minute. And I looked up, and all of a sudden, I panicked because I had forgotten to wake the kids up. They don't get up till 7. I've been laying there in bed since 5 o'clock watching dumb videos, and it's 7 o'clock. Let me tell you how fast you can eat up your time when you're not paying attention to your plan. And I said to myself, I said, self, you just wasted your morning. You know what you need to do, self? You need to push that little button till that little thing begins to wiggle like that. And then push X and get rid of your Facebook because it's consuming you. And then I said to myself, no, you don't. Self, you need to have the fruit of the Spirit. And the last one of that is called self-control. I'm preaching to me, to you. The other day, I watched a video of Steve Harvey's talking about, a young man got up and talked about success. I won't tell you the whole story, but he was asking about the success of his life and his plans for his life and blah, blah, blah. And he told his morning routine, and it was pretty weird, but nevertheless. 
And so um, Steve Harvey gave him, said something, and I thought, wow. He said, I learned the measure of success in my life as I get up every morning. I have 64 things that I thank God for every morning. He said, if you don't have a heart of gratitude, you'll never be successful. So what would happen in our lives if we would take 15 minutes of word, 15 minutes of meditation, 15 minutes of gratitude? How would it reset your mind on the things above? Now, let's have just a moment of honesty. How many get up in the morning and you're thinking about all that you need to accomplish that day? Come on. If you're running a business, you're thinking about that. If you've got to go to school, you're thinking about that. If you're, you know, I, I think about teachers. They've got lesson plans. They've got to get them all together. They've got to get there. They've got to do all that. They've got to come home, and they've got to grade the papers. All this life that happens. And we think about all the pressures of life that have to happen in our life. If we would back up for just a moment and say, I'm going to reset my brain to think on the things above, on the powerful things that God has in my life, and who he created me, me to be then my day is going to go a lot better. Are you with me this morning? So powerful. Let's go on with Scripture. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's powerful right there. I mean, that's power to think about. If I live in my flesh, I can't please God. If I'm not pleasing God, the enemy comes in. He tells me what a goofball I am, and I believe it. You, however, are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, look, you're saved. You're not in the flesh. You've been redeemed. You're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. And in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Come on, somebody. And anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So we set our mind on the things above and we say, hey, listen, God, you, you have a big plan for my life. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be still this morning. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to set my mind on the things that you have for me today. And you're going to order my steps. A spirit-filled believer, as spirit-filled believers, we should have a different point of view than those around us. We should have the ability to see better than those that do not have the Spirit because the Bible says that the Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Right. Our, our perception has to be different. And, 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 and we should be able to see what the in, intended outcome that God has for us because we begin to see what He says about us. And I do not have to live in this world like an orphan, but I live in this world like a king's kid. I mean, how many times we've heard that said, but we don't live that way. We, we need to learn to live like, hey, listen, who God created me to be is powerful. I'm walking in the goodness of God. I'm living in a very powerful place. I have the presence of, of the Holy One inside, dwelling inside of me. I have the teacher with me. 
I have the wisdom with me. And I love what Mimi said last week. because She said the Bible is our textbook, but the Spirit is our teacher. So what happens when we spend those moments in the morning with our textbook and our teacher? (laughs) Come on, somebody. And then God does what God does. He, 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 he transforms our life. Verse 7 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile or an enemy to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please Him. We confuse people a lot of times with uh, we we're confused sometimes with what we call blessing or what is blessed. We often think that sometimes success means you have favor. There's a lot of people in the world that have success that don't have favor with God. And if you read throughout Scripture, there are a lot of people in Scripture that had success that didn't have favor. They, 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 there were people that had riches that didn't have favor. So don't confuse material things with favor. I think what favor with God is, is when I can hear him speak to me. That's favor with God. I think favor with God is when I, when I know who I am and I have this relationship with him that leads me. And that's favor with God. Now, I, I'm not trying to be silly here this morning, but just because you got a parking place at the front of the line, you can thank God for that. But don't, don't start calling that your favor with God. Because if you start calling these material things your favor with God, you'll miss out on what real favor with God is. You could be thankful for the parking place. You should be. But don't confuse this. It's like, oh, well, I got a parking place on the front row, so I must have favor with God. I hadn't heard him in a few years. I don't have a relationship with him, but I got favor with him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> Am I making sense? Because then we get in this carnal thinking, and oftentimes we think about we, we think about this carnal mind. We think about sinful things, like a carnal mind is enmity or, a, 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 or is an enemy against God. And we start thinking, well, I don't have a carnal mind because I don't think sinful things. But do you have a spiritual mind? Because the absence of a carnal mind without having a spiritual mind is still a carnal mind. Am I making any sense to anybody this morning? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Just because I'm not sinful doesn't mean I don't have a carnal mind. Because what we've done is we've categorized sin, like sin is this, this, and this, but it's not this. But the Scripture says, He that knoweth to do good and don't do it, to him it is a sin. Well, it's getting quiet in here all of a sudden. So to have a carnal mind just means that we're an enemy against God, and it brings death in our life. But Galatians says this, 5.16. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the craving of your self-life. Oh, here we go. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him 
from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you of your self-life of the flesh and your new creation life of the Spirit. So there's a war going on in here. There's a battle going on in here. And, we're, and guess how we win the battle? Now, when I was growing up, the way we won the battle is we prayed more. So this is how I prayed. Oh, God, I want to rebuke the devil. I cast out the enemy. I bind every force in hell. And I got through it. I still had the same mind. Because there's some things... I'm going to mess with some of y'all's theology. There's some things you can't cast out. You have to discipline yourself to do. That's why I had people come to me and say, would you pray for this? I say, no, I won't pray for that. Why? Because you don't want to change. (laughs) I'm not being mean. But why do you want me to pray for you? I had a guy tell me one time, said, pray for me, I want to quit smoking. I said, when did you buy your last carton of cigarettes? He said, this morning. I said, well, you're not going to quit till you finish those. So when you get done, come back, I'll pray for you. Right. <laughs> he hasn't decided to quit smoking. He bought cigarettes this morning. Now, you say, well, pastor, that's me. No, no, I'm going to talk to myself. I'm not going to ask somebody to come pray for me so I quit eating candy because I ain't quit liking it yet. You're not going to cast candy out of my life. I rebuke you, candy. Leave me now in Jesus' name. And then go to the store and buy some. Are you with me this morning? So there's some things in our life where we're like, oh, I'm casting this out. No. You've got to discipline your life. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is free. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about overcoming I'll have to make up my mind that today I'm going to live my life with order in it so that it pleases God and the fulfillment of that pleasing God is going to come back to me. Are you with me this morning? Don't over-spiritualize it because then we start getting all mystical. No. This is a discipline in my life. Now, God's going to help me when I decide that. Now, listen, I'm going to talk about discipline just a minute so you don't get confused. I can't sometimes just do that because I discipline myself. But once I discipline myself, God gives me the strength to do that. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to just act like it's all fleshly because then that's carnal too. But once I discipline my life, discipleship in my life, obedience to God in my life, accountability in my life, once I discipline my life, then Holy Spirit comes in and helps me to do what I'm supposed to do. Are y'all with me this morning? But it starts with some discipline. That's good whether you liked it or not. But when we live by the Spirit, we no longer live from the place of struggle and striving. And we're living from a place of freedom that brings life. So this is what it looks like. So we live in a place of freedom. Let's just say this. I'm going along, man. I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I've got it going on, man. God's doing great things in my life. We're in the middle of something supernatural, and 
God is good and blah, 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 blah. And I make a mistake in my life or I have a moment in my life or something comes up in my life. When you're living from a place of freedom and you get a bump in the road, it doesn't destroy you. Because we recognize it. We recognize the enemy came in to attempt to, oh, I had a bump in the road, but I'm not destroyed. I'm, I'm not even knocked down. I'm not even out. I just had a bump in the road. I, I collect myself, and I say, okay, thank you, Lord. And I move on my direction that I'm going. But when I'm living a carnal life, and I'm trying to please God out of my flesh, and I'm trying to hold on to these things over here, when I hit a bump in the road, it's not a bump in the road, it's a disaster. And I just give up, I quit, throw in the towel. I remember saying sometimes as a kid, trying to live under the law, because that's what I, that's what I knew, that I had to do all these things right to be saved. I had to be this perfect person to be saved. And then when I wasn't perfect, because my mind was not set on the things of the Spirit and freedom of who God created me to be, but my mind was set on do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and then you get to sing in the choir. So when I would get down the road and I would like do this, do this, oh, I'm doing good, and all of a sudden, up, oh, screwed that up. Shoot, I can't do this. I quit. I just throw in the towel. There's no need me trying to live for God because I can never do this. You know what? That is so the truth. You can never do this. But Christ in you, the hope of glory, you can get yourself up again and say, listen, this is who I was created to be. I'm walking in freedom. I'm walking in the goodness of God. And God's not angry with me. He's not mad at me. He's not trying to wait for me to mess up so he can take me out. But yet, but, 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 other, uh, but he really wants to pick me up. Because I've set this pattern, this path of my life to live for him and not for the things of this world. I'm walking in freedom. Does that make sense to anybody? The leading of the Spirit is not mystical. It's not ecstasy. But rather it's knowing that we are the sons and the daughters of the Most High. Listen, if you're ideal church, I'm going to mess with you a little bit more. I love, I love our worship here. It's amazing. It's always good. Uh, I've been with this knee and been, I've been having to sit. I can't really stand it. I'm thinking, I, got, you can sit, I keep telling myself, sit down so you can stand up to preach because it's going to hurt. I, I, I just love our worship. I love being on my feet. I love what I feel in this place. I, I, love, I love all of it. But if your feeling is all that you have, if it's just this moment of ecstasy here on a Sunday morning and, 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 it's, and that's all there is to it, then you're going to have to come to church to feel God. And if the only time you, you come to, only time you feel God is when you come to worship, that's a long time between feeling God. So we get all mystical with this whole thing. Ooh, I feel it. Yeah, but sometimes you've got to know who you are when you don't feel it. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? 
Like, I know who I am when there ain't no worship band playing. When I don't feel it. Because I know who I am. Well, just because I moved five hours from my dad, I still know he's my dad. I don't have to see him every day, talk to him every day. I know that Lynn Poole's still my dad. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to get some of his inheritance. I hope it's not all bills. I already know that. It doesn't change it. So when, so when there's distance, I don't, I don't get delusional. And when we're not feeling it, I still know who I am. Are y'all with me this morning? Come on. Come on. Let me get done. The scripture says we're chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We've been set apart. We're set apart. Romans 8 says this. God is the seeker of the heart and knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desire of the spirit. This is so good. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. His holy ones. In perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Holy Spirit is pleading before God. God knows our longings. He knows the desire of your heart. Come on, this is so good. He knows the desire of your heart. He understands that. And Holy Spirit is is praying. And there's a connection in heaven that the desire of our heart and the plan and the, the, the destiny of our life and the plan of God all comes into order. That's so good. So that we walk in the perfect plan of God. Back in the day, I used to hear this preach, and I've preached it myself. The perfect plan of God and the submissive will of God. Scratch that. There's no such thing. There's either the perfect plan of God or there's not. Now, here's the deal. There's a journey in this perfect plan of God. So in this perfect plan of God... Maybe I haven't arrived, but I'm never losing sight of the perfect plan of God. Because if I decide that there's a plan B, are you you hearing me this morning? Listen, if you're setting goals for your life and there's a plan B, you will always take plan B. Because plan B is a way out. But, But when we have a perfect will of God, we set our mind on the things of God. There's only one plan. And guess what? We're going to go to that destiny and that purpose and that plan for our life. And we don't get distracted from that. Even when there's distractions. Because God's plan is perfect. And it's yay. And it's amen. Are y'all with me? So we are convinced that every detail of our life is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and to bring good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew, y'all can come to the keys. For he knew all about us and we were born and he disdained us from the beginning to share to the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among the vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness into everyone he called. And those 
possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. When I read that word transferred, you know, I have this little, where's my phone at? I have this phone right here. And so sometimes my kids, sometimes my kids call me and they say, Dad, I'm in so-and-so, I'm in Covington, or I'm here or there, and I don't have any money, and I'm out of gas. So Dad gets on his phone. He pulls up the bank account, and he transfers $20 into your account so I can provide for you what you need to reach your destination. Our Heavenly Father looks down at our life, and sometimes we run out but doesn't mean we're out. Because he'll continue to transfer into our lives the very things that we need so that we may reach our God-given destiny. <laughs> Heidi, she's my little smart one, my little 11-year-old. I said, let's go, let's go to shopping. And somebody said, at the table said, you, Heidi, you just said you don't have any money. She said, I got dad, he's the bank. We got dad, he's the bank. And his account, and his bank account never runs out. This dad's bank account runs out. But that dad's, his bank account never runs out. And he's always willing to transfer to our lives what we need to get where he has planned for us to go. It's important that we know who we are so that we live in his divine plan for our lives because he really wants us to prosper and he wants us to live our lives to its fullest potential. I just want to help you this morning. If your understanding of God is just a constant struggle, you don't understand who your father is and you don't understand who you are. Some of you older people might remember this song. You sing a song, you sing a song, come climbing up the rough side of the mountain. I'm just doing my best to make it through. I'm just, I'm just so pitiful. I'm climbing up this worst rough side of the mountain. Let me tell you something. If you are climbing up the rough side of the mountain, you should thank God it's rough. Because you can't climb up a smooth side of a mountain. The roughness is for you to get a handhold to pull yourself up. There needs to be some cracks and crevices and some rocks to hold on to to pull yourself up. So if you're climbing up the rough side of the mountain, remember the one who's climbing with you. Because if you put that whole climbing thing on you, quit now. You're not going to make it. But if you say, I know the one who's got a plan and a destiny for my life, and he has created me for greatness, then listen, the rough side of the mountain is no big deal. It ain't no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. So as you journey, what can I learn from these things in my life? What's God speaking to my heart? So with a renewed mind, renewed heart, and the purpose of God on our life, there's nothing that's impossible. He's got us. He's got us. He's got us.
It is well. It is well. It's well. Stand with me this morning.